Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a bonus episode of Juice in the Morning. We had him on last year. He was a, f- a fan favorite. Colin Taylor is back at The Real CT. How are you doing today, man? Here we are. I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be back. Um, almost almost a year to the date. I know. Let's I'm so glad. Um, November 27th was when I posted the episode that we uh, we kind of talked to her about a bunch of different subjects. We talked about conspiracies, things like that. But, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of stuff that you've done in the past year. There's a lot of stuff the podcast has done. Oh, yeah. So I just want to kind of jump right in and just ask you, like, you know, what have you been up to? I know there's a movie. There's some football stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's just, just start wherever you want to start, and I'll just go through my questions as they come up. Sure. Yeah. Uh, 2018 has been, been awesome. Um, I think it's funny to, you know, you hop on the internet every time at the end of the year. Oh man, this year was terrible. Yeah. Hopefully next year is going to be blah, blah, And you know, that's everybody wants to say, oh man, 2019 is going to be my year. Right. And right. I feel but like 2018 was pretty fucking 18 awesome. It was great. Right. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think it's all about perspective. Yeah. Right. And that's absolutely. kind of, I've, I've had that thought a ton this year is no, I mean, just change your perspective, change your perspective. And it's funny cause it's a conversation I have a lot with females will say, oh man, this, you know, this stinks that I have to go. And I'm like, listen, you still got the opportunity to do that. You still have a car that gets you to this place that keeps you warm. So, you know, perspective is a big thing. So my perspective is 2018 was an awesome year. Yeah. Um, So starting with about as early as uh, April, I I got the experience to go out and play uh, professional arena football for another season. Blessed to play my my eighth season in the Arena Football League. That's awesome. Um, And And, and where was that at? It was in Albany, New York. Yeah, I saw that. Like, I I was going to ask you because I was just like kind of Googling you. And it's really cool to be able to like Google yourself. (laughs) Sure, sure. Juice of the Morning shows up, but there's not a whole Wikipedia page dedicated to it. So I was like checking you out and I wanted to make sure I was going to ask you like how accurate is it to right now? Like, so you did get to play... Yeah, up in Albany. So, yeah. what was that experience like in New York? That was awesome. So, I'd, I'd never spent any time really on the on the East Coast. Um, and then I was out in New York for it was a shorter season. We played for about three months, about 14, 15 games, something like that. Yeah. And it was an expansion team. So, it was the first time these fans were introduced to a lot of the younger fans, first time they were introduced to arena football. They actually had a team back in 1990, right. excuse me, 1999, who ended up moving after they won an AFL championship here to Indianapolis. Yeah, the Firebirds. And they became, right? yeah, the, the, Indianapolis. the Indiana, yeah, Indianapolis Firebirds. Yeah. And the, and the, I the, went to a few of those games. Yeah, and the first game I went to, first uh, professional arena football league game I went to was, when I was in high school to watch the Firebirds. So right. it was cool, kind of full circle. I got to that's awesome. couple couple interviews I did while I was out there. I, I liked mentioning that because I thought yeah. that was pretty cool that I got to come back and basically play for the team that, that I saw play right growing up. Here how in how was the season? It was good. Uh, it didn't finish like, you know, everybody goes into a season hoping hoping it will. We ended up getting knocked out of the playoffs. Um we had the best best record going in into uh, the playoffs. Yeah. So how this that's was, rough. Yeah, it was just one of the you know it was one of those. It was one plays number four, and um, it was an interesting playoff concept this year. They they wanted each team to have a home game, so it was a two game playoff. Oh wow! For, for the first round, so mm-hmm. basically total points wins and takes you to the finals. Well, we played a, a Washington D.C. team, uh, the Washington Valor, who we had beat five times during the regular season. So oh, there are only God. four regular. There are only four teams. Yeah. So everybody played everybody a ton we we beat them four times in the regular season pretty handily Um, then we went to their place for the first round because we were we got to choose home or away so we wanted to play the the second game basically the knockout game against our home crowd who averaged the highest attendance in Mm -hmm. the league we had 13 14,000 games something like that which was excellent Um, and so we beat them at their place by one so all we had to do was beat them 
you know, they couldn't beat us by more than one. Right. And we we would we would go into the championship game and uh, they played a better football game than we did. They Jeez. they beat us by maybe seven. I that's think that's so like tough it. though. Yeah, I mean, that's so you, tough. Know, you beat them five times in a row <laughs> yeah. and it's like so they're they're pros too. At right. some point they're you know, they're gonna come back and play and well I mean, and they played really the, well. It's the old cliche of football, it's hard to beat a team twice yeah. and Exactly. Let alone right. Could you imagine trying to beat him six times? <laughs> yeah. So we were in a tough spot, but again, yeah. no excuses. You know, we had to show up, and and we didn't. Um, and I, you know, I felt bad for for the fans. Also, we we have a lot of a lot of older guys. We were a veteran team. You yeah. know, I was. Uh, being there for eight years, I was one of the guys probably in in the middle range of age. We had mm -hmm. some older guys, we had a couple younger guys. Really, really good team, great team camaraderie, great team chemistry, great city to play for. Um, just didn't end up the, the way we wanted it to. Yeah. But I, I got to experience a lot of things. Um, it was really cool out there around this time of year. Where'd you um, stay at? So we were in, we were just north of the city of Albany. Okay. So we were, we were about 20 minutes north. Um, I I'm had terrible some, geography. Where is that? And like the whole, so like I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> so one, it was, you know, they'd always say, oh, you're going upstate or you're going downstate. Yeah. And so I actually had the conversation with my, with my dad a couple of days ago. I think New York city is downstate and right. Albany is upstate. And I'm so sorry to anybody from Albany if, if that's wrong. I, I um, mean, we're, we're very strong in the Midwest with this podcast. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. I know where everything's at around here, but yeah, when I get up there, but it, I mean, it was, it was seven hours from Cleveland. Yeah. I can tell you that, there you, you go. know what I mean? So it took me out there and uh family got to come out and check it out for a little bit. I had some family around there. I ended up going to New York city for the first time. Spent about awesome. a weekend up there with, with some, with some friends and family. And that was great. Um, and I was also introduced to, cold and hot therapy, which is something that I'm super interested in. Now. I was in, actually going to get into this too, because one of the things I wrote down is we were big on fasting and, yeah, uh, and yeah, keto yeah. last yeah. time that we talked. So I yeah, just was so this, this kind of stuff, you know, see, this, what, see what the next thing was, the cryotherapy in the, in the sauna and that kind of stuff. And I was able to do that up there. We were, uh, went to an, an awesome place called, called I cryo where we had, um, full access to cryotherapy and infrared sauna and Norma techs. Uh, how do you feel, how do you feel and, about the, uh, the cryotherapy? I think it's incredible. Yeah. Um, it, I want to try it. There's yeah. one here in Indy now. Yeah. You, I, I've heard they're yeah. expanding. Um, and that was the first one I, I had done. And, and I, I got a lot of, like I said, a lot of opportunities to get there. I was probably there three or four times a day. That's awesome. Um, we had access to that. And then we uh, also had access to some massage therapy. Um, and this was the best I'd ever felt right. through a whole season. You nice. know, we played three months and I got out of it and I felt still like I could play a couple more games when usually mm -hmm. at the end of a, out of a, you know, a, tackle football season the last thing you want to do is do anything physical but right. i felt great because of because of cryo and we, we can get into that a little bit later too but um got the opportunity to do that which was excellent uh when i came back i i got back into the strength and conditioning so i've spent um a couple years in the strength and conditioning field i've been doing it professionally uh for since 2012 training people um, or training people yeah training yeah. training people just uh you know clients and and athletes yeah um so I actually took a job as a head strength coach at a division three college out in Ohio, oh, yeah. That's Overland, awesome Overland college. Jeez. And, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so much and, can happen in and a year. Their, their schedule was, was pretty perfect because they, they come, they go to school in August and that's mm -hmm. when I got back from my season and they finish, uh, they go on summer break sometime around March, April. Yeah. And that's when I ended up leaving. Perfect. And so it worked out really well. Um, so we're in charge as myself and a, and a, and another strength coach. And she and I are in charge of over 500 athletes. We wow. do all the, we do all the programming. We do all the training. Um, you know, we'll be there for, it's about 35, 40 hours a week. Jeez, um, there you go. <laughs> and it, it, and it's, it, it's an interesting situation because it's a, it's a division three school. So there aren't a lot of kids who are there for, or for athletics, right. as you could imagine. Um, but a lot of them are super talented, super smart, and then happen to be 
be good at, at sports as well. Right. So we're, we're with a, a group of kids, a group of athletes who work really, really hard and who care about what they're doing. And none of the stuff is mandatory that they, that they come in and do. Oh, wow. Um, we, we give them times and they, they understand now that, okay, if, if I get in four times a week in the weight room, I'm, I'm better than I am. If I get in two times, yeah. if I get in three, I'm better than I get in one. Um, and they, they're, you know, all of them are, like I mentioned, super smart. So they, they approach training differently. Yeah. Um, and they, they ask, ask a lot of questions, which is awesome. Man, why are we doing this? Why are we doing, I don't do this in my sport. You know, why do I need to do this right. in training? Things like that. And so that, which that's is, awesome. I mean, that's also, I think a sign of the, the, the age probably that you're dealing with too, because, um, and I'm, I've got a smaller, like, uh, I guess frame of reference for that. I mean, I have a lot of staff that have worked for me in you know multiple jobs I've had, and <clears throat> I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like people like to call millennials like you know lazy and all this yeah, like stuff, yeah. but like I think the the mentality that you know asking the why about stuff and have like sometimes you get frustrated because you're like I don't need to explain to you why we're doing this. Like, right, I'm right, just right. asking you to do something, just do it. But then at the same time. I feel like it, they sometimes, if you do take the time to explain the why, they have a greater understanding of what they're doing and then they're more successful because they understand the why. And that's also part of their just like upbringing as opposed to like when I was in sports and in school and like the if the leader told me what to do, I just did it. Yeah. I didn't ask them. I mean, I would have my things that I would question them in the back of my head and I might speak up if I was like, if I trusted the person a lot and I felt like I had time to speak up, but if they, if I spoke up and they told me, Nope, we're still going to do it this way. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. And then I would just do it that way, even though I didn't think it was right. Yeah. So I think that's actually a very positive thing that you're probably experiencing on a firsthand basis. Yeah. And I've, I've learned a lot about training and learned a lot about myself just, just through these experiences. Um, the other thing is I, one of my goals was to get these kids to fall in love with the process of training, mm -hmm. right? Because now if they're not in the weight room now, but they're, they're still healthy because, you know, they, they have food prepared for them in college and they have, you know, their, their day pretty much planned out every day. Um, you know, if the weight room is involved or if it's not involved, I want to help them as they get out of school, as they get out of that, as they get past the places where people are saying, hey, do this, it's good for you. Hey, don't do this, it's bad for you. I want them to fall in love with the process of strength training and being in the weight room and being healthy and eating right. So when they get out of school, they can take some of the things that I taught them and be in love with it and continue to do it to live healthier lives in general. So you got to kind of know your um, know your audience as well yeah. because some of the conversations I have with them are not the same conversations I have with some of the athletes who we train for their pro days, right. you know, these top level division one football players who were getting ready to go to the NFL draft. Now I'm going to have different conversations with them yeah. because they need to know exactly why we do certain things and, you know, and, and why we're driving off of the inside of our foot when we cut and where we produce force and all this right. kind of stuff. And, you know, other audience don't need, don't need to know all that. So yeah. I'm, it's fun. It's a challenge for me every day to be able to, you know, I know what I want to get out of a conversation and I, I have to make sure I'm able to pass it along to them. So they're, they're able to use it the best way they can. And and you're like a, a super genuine, awesome, nice guy. This is a little bit of a hot button issue. And I didn't even write this down. I just thought of it because mm -hmm. we were talking about training and I actually was just scrolling past something in, uh, on Facebook. What, how do you feel about the mindset of everybody's beautiful? Just be you even if that being you is like not healthy, like, you know, I I've talked about this multiple times on the sure. podcast, but nobody ever dives into it. So <clears throat> like an overweight, obese person, when somebody like tells them just be you, do you because you're, you're just as beautiful as, you know, some shredded dude. Like right. 
I mean, that's, that's true in a concept of, I think personality, but like, how do you feel about it when it comes to physically though? Yeah. I think it depends on what we want to get out of the conversation or what, what that person needs to get or what that person needs to hear. If, I mean, if they're doing something consistently, that's bad for them mm. and they, they continue to do it because they say, Oh, I'm me. I can do this. I do what I want. And then it ends up being detrimental for them in the long run. Right. Then it's obviously bad. Yeah. I think if it's something that they, they do because they're comfortable with it, uh, no matter what it is and it, and it ends up being okay. I think that's fine. Right? right. But it's also a slippery slope and there's a, you know, y- you got to find a, a place where, and, and you're right, you don't want to say anything to offend anybody. Exactly. You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but then you also got it there. Sometimes you got to put your foot down and be like, listen, man, this it, is bad for you. This <laughs> it, it, Like smoking cigarettes is, we understand that it's not good for you. Yeah. We know that. So if you're doing that and you're saying it's not affecting you, you know, or some of these other, some of these other habits people have, um, then I think that's a different conversation. But it's, again, it's, the person has to be willing to, to yeah. listen too, because uh, there there have been a lot of times where I've said stuff and I've walked away and I'm like, man, I really, I really coached the heck out of that right there. Like I really <laughs> did, you know, but then if they don't, if it doesn't, if they don't get any response out of it and they don't remember it, then that's not going to help them at all. Right. But with that being said, I could say the same thing to two athletes. One athlete could totally forget it, move on. The other one could take it. And in 30 years you run into them and like, man, you know what changed my life is that one that, thing you yeah. said that one time. Right? right. So it's, yeah, I mean that, that's a, that's a tough place to be in. Yeah. Cause um, there's, there's a, there's a stand up comedian that I've listened to for a long time who has his own show. And he just, he talks about like, that's like being obese and like completely overweight and like the things that that stuff is not good for you mm-hmm. on a, on a statistical scale. So like, that's why he thinks that people should not be so like, you know, he he's basically saying that we shouldn't be that or we should be more judgmental of people. Whereas I, I kind of tend to agree that we should be more judgmental mm-hmm. of people just because we are living in a world where nobody's judged really for right. anything. Right. So, um, but you know, there are, there are people that <clears throat> I know try and it's different for them. Like their body doesn't respond to things the same way. For example, that's why I wanted you to, I wanted to ask you, are you mm-hmm. still, are you still on the keto thing? Is that something that you do regularly still? Yeah. So I'm, I'm fasting still. That's mm-hmm. still one of my favorite things. We talked about that, um, a little bit. And if you're looking, you know, to hear about benefits and, and different protocols and ways, ways to do it, you can just skip back to the old right. old podcast if you're if this is the first time you're you're hearing this but um fasting is something i i believe in 100% and i've had a lot of success doing and we've had sex with uh <laughs> we've had success <laughs> sex. We, tra- we, we had some sex with yeah, the, uh, yeah, the fasting diet not a, yeah that hasn't helped <laughs> i mean anybody i've had conversations with that, that hasn't come up we have had success <laughs> there we go. with you know clients and athletes and stuff talking <laughs> talking about that i again i apologize um but so what I'm doing now is I'm, I pretty much do what you would refer to what people call cyclical yeah. ketogenic diet. So what I, what I basically do and my, my roommate and I are, um, we're always talking about this, always throwing ideas back and forth. So we'll, we'll still wait. We'll push that first meal back to two, three, four or five o'clock, something like that in the afternoon. Um, whenever it's convenient, right. Cause the idea we started doing it because we didn't want to be, right. you know, attached to the refrigerator. We didn't yeah. want to have to get up early just to decide what we're going to eat. And fit. we just wanted it to be easier. And that's what fasting does. So we'll, we're able to push that first meal back to three, four, five. I actually, um, this year I did a couple three day, a couple two day, Holy a couple shit. three day fast, which were tough, but I didn't die, right? I'm still here, so I'll do it again. Um, just kind of hit the reset button. Now would be a good time to do it, you know, after what the holidays, I always things like s- that. What I've said is, because <clears throat> I've tried the fasting and honestly, I do it kind of naturally already mm-hmm. because like, 
since you since you came on, this is going back to that you know thing that kind of changes people's lives. Since you came on, I started just skipping breakfast. Like it's sometimes awesome. on weekends, like I would, you know, I'll, I'll make a big breakfast. Like I'll make bacon, eggs and like hash browns and yeah. everything. Cause oh, I awesome. love breakfast. Food. Absolutely. That's how I am. But for the most part, Monday through Friday, I probably don't eat till like 12 or one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, I haven't even noticed a difference, like not in a difference. I haven't noticed a difference in like what I'm, I'm trying to get at is, okay. So I've noticed a difference in the fact that I have more time in the morning mm-hmm. And I also noticed that I don't even care about, like, I don't wake up hungry. I don't, I'm not like, I'm not even really hungry by lunchtime, but it's, it's the problem that I guarantee you people listening to this have, I could push that fast because I have pushed that fast till six or seven o'clock at night because I was busy all day working on stuff and never even thought about food. But then by my job now, I have more of a desk job than I used to. So like, if I'm just sitting there, like, I'm like, man, I'm kind of hungry. Right. But like, it's just because I'm not like actively engaged in something, keeping my attention. So like, that's, what's ridiculous about our, like our body is fooling ourselves into thinking that we need something to eat right now. It's really weird how that works. Yeah. And so it's, it's habitual. So we, we know that when we sit down on a couch and watch football, that we usually eat and drink, right? Mm. That's just kind of a general idea. Sundays, <laughs> Drinking beer while you I do the down, podcast. Yeah, that, you know, we, we sit here, we watch football. Oh, I'm going to think, yeah, okay, I need something to eat because we need something to do with our hands and we, yeah. we need something to do with our mouths. We just can't sit there and watch. But like you mentioned, if you're up and running around and I'll, I'll do a, so I'll, I'll always start the week with a 24-hour fast. Yeah, so my I Monday, tried that, dude. I did it like twice and I couldn't do it. Like yeah, I, well, you know, I, but, cause, but you cause did I'm Because I'm mentally weak when it comes to that. And that's another, you know, and, and we'll talk a little more moving forward about kind of just challenging yourself and working hard but I always start the week with a 24 hour fast and is it tough yes right do I enjoy every minute of it no but I do it because I know I need it and it's and it's a challenge for me and every time I complete it I feel somewhat accomplished because I I did something tough and I completed it and people that are listening need to understand the importance of that like when you, the, the feeling of accomplishment yeah. you get when you do something that is a little bit more difficult than what you're used to putting yeah. yourself outside of your comfort zone. It's crazy. And that is something I do. I do want to talk about a little bit because we're, that's all getting lost in, in the fitness industry now and in the, in with, with Instagram and with Facebook, you know, with all, with all the social media that, that is we're losing that we're losing hard work. Um, and that's frustrating, but back to what we were yeah, saying, I'll start with a 24 hour with the, with a 24 hour fast, then I'll eat that night. Um, and then we talked about kind of that cyclical ketogenic approach. So I won't, I'll eat my first meal around whenever that is. We said three, four five o'clock, whatever. And I will just eat fat and protein at that meal. So what my body is using when I'm training in the morning is the carbs from the, from the night before. Right. Mm -hmm. So I like carb up in the evenings and I eat that. And then my next, my next morning workout is fasted, but my body's using the carbs and burning the sugars that I had from the food. So then I eat just protein and, and fat. And then I'm, my body is then able to use my, the protein and fat that I have as energy. Right. And then when I go to eat dinner, which is usually after work, we'll say nine, 10 o'clock, then I'll have, I'll have carbs and really I'll have whatever, I right. Um, because I understand I'm at, at somewhat of a caloric deficit from just eating one meal so far throughout the day. So I'll try to catch up. And, and for me, I'm not I'm not shooting to get a certain amount of carbs or a certain amount of fats. And, you know, so I'm not counting my macros. That right. stuff never worked for me. So I know it still won't um, just because I'm not that particular about things. Um, but then I'll, I'll eat carbs at night and it'll 
fill me up. And so that's when I would break out of kind of that ketogenic state. And yeah. then my body starts using carbs again. And it will through all the next morning when I'm fasting and when I'm training. Probably and helps with the recovery too. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I feel great doing it. So I'll just keep doing it. Right. Um, and then so, you know, so I'll do that. And then body will burn off those carbs at the next training session. Then I'll be in somewhat of uh, what people would call a ketogenic state. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't tested that. I haven't done any blood testing. I, I'm, I am interested in that. I think that'd be cool right. to see kind of where I'm at oh, throughout yeah. the day. Um, and I'll do that moving in the future. And then again, I'll have carbs, uh, how carbs get at night. Yeah. It'll be fine. So I don't want to be at a big time caloric deficit, right? That's not the idea. I'm not trying to lose weight. Mm. When I started fasting in 2012, I was 204 pounds and I'm still six years later, 202, 203. Right. Two, so I haven't lost any weight from doing it, um, which was a goal in the beginning. I've, I've gotten stronger, body fats dropped, all, all the kind of stuff we talked about. So mm. it's only been positive for me. Um, and so I'll keep doing it. I, I also had a time pretty recently where it was actually last week, I was getting ready to leave, leave the house and so my challenge for the week was I was only going to, like I mentioned, we'll do a 24-hour fast every Monday. I wanted to eat only once every day for four days. Oh, so wow. it was basically a 24-hour fast. I would break it and then do another 24-hour fast. Mm-hmm. So I was used to doing one day, which was fine. Mm-hmm. So day two, day three was tough. It was hard, but I wasn't. I did it to myself, right? Yeah. I said, <laughs> I want to do it. So what I didn't do was run to Twitter or run right. to Facebook or run to Instagram and say, look at me. Yeah. I've done two 24 hour fasts in a row. Like, what do you guys think? Is this awesome? Like, let me, I don't know. Let me throw a picture up on my body. You right. guys should tell me what you, you know what I mean? And then I did it another day and I went to my roommate and I started to complain a little bit. I was like, man, our training volume has been super high. We mm. were like really getting after it last week, which was awesome. A lot of our college athletes were back. So we were training with them and we were just like having these throwdowns. It was mm. awesome. Um, you know, I got done with that third one and I, and I sat down, we were sitting down at, at home afterwards and I was like, man, I don't think this one meal a day thing is sustainable for people who train the volume we train at. And he said, yeah. And then I go, you know what? Don't even, I was just <laughs> complaining. I didn't mean to complain. I did this. If I wanted to eat more, I would eat more. Yeah. Right. But so what that comes down to is just like hard work and doing stuff that makes you uncomfortable. Right. So, um, I heard, uh, Dr. Andy Galpin talk about this, um, a couple of weeks ago on a podcast I was listening to, which I was really moved by and I was really impressed by. Um, and, and what he was saying was basically everything we've done in the last, you know, five, six, seven decades is made things easier for us, yes. right? Like we were cold. 100%. So we built houses, yeah. right? Uh, we wanted to get from point A to point B, so we got faster cars. Uh, we are, we can now fly from one place to the other to get there even faster. We're hungry, so we have all this, an abundance of food, so we eat it, right? We're, we're hot during the summer, so we build pools and we can swim in it to yeah. cool us off, right? So what he talked about and what I realized I'm very passionate about is making yourself uncomfortable to make yourself better and to work hard at something every single day. Because like we mentioned, like you do feel good, you feel accomplished, you feel like you got something done, you got, you got out of your comfort zone and you did something, you were successful, but it's also like, okay, don't stop after one day, Yeah, do it again, try it, do it again. So it goes back to the kind of the cryo we were talking yep. about. Cryo is great for recovery. It's hard. It's negative 200 degrees. Yeah. This is this is blowing cold air on you. Yeah. And I'll, I'll watch people, their teeth will chatter and they'll be, and they'll complain and they'll get out of it. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking like decades ago, people were that cold and couldn't do anything about it. Right. right? Like they were that cold and then they had to like kill a bear and wrap <laughs> like, themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, so the idea that people are paying for this service, 
and then complaining about it, it started to like really, right. really upset me. Yeah. So I would go in there and I would almost get in a meditative state mm-hmm. and I would just shut my, I'd shut my brain down and I would just focus on being still for three minutes and then I would survive and I would be fine and I would walk out. People would say, how was it? And I was great. Yeah. You know, I fortunately wasn't paying for it out of my pocket, right. but somebody was paying for me to do it because they knew it would help me, you know, yeah. it, on, on the field. So the team was willing to do that. So it's, it's one of those things where like people need to understand and people need to get perspective that like, don't be afraid to work hard. Right. Because we see that all the time. You know, people are in, people are in gyms, Olympic weightlifting with bars that spin and nice bumper plates that bounce off the ground when they land yeah. and they have nice shoes on and knee braces. Mm-hmm. And then they want to, they want to say something to me like, Hey man, uh, like I jammed my finger playing basketball. What do you suggest I do? And I'm like, uh, stop playing basketball. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Like what, what are you, why are you asking me that question? Yeah. Well, it hurts my, it hurts my finger when I'm on, on this barbell. I don't care. There's nothing, you know what there's I mean? Like you could do about it. I don't remember ever thinking that growing up, like I fell off a tree. And so like, how is it going to, you know, help me like eat this nice meal? Now I got to eat this nice meal with my left hand. Cause my right hand hurts. Right. So I'm not going to complain that my right hand hurts because I have this nice meal in front of me. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things people need to get back to like working hard and doing something every day that makes them uncomfortable. And I've got something very small that people can start with. This yes, is also, please. this is also from a, another podcast I listened to. <clears throat> the guy had a guest on that was uh, a proponent of a freezing cold shower in the morning. Yeah. Oh yeah. So basically the guy listed off all of these benefits you get from waking up, like if you're taking your shower every day, wake it up in the morning and you don't even have to take your whole shower freezing cold. Mm-hmm. He said, if you're going to start it, just turn it to cold and stand there as long as you can. And then the next day, try to go a little bit longer, mm-hmm. like count in your head to like maybe 10 or something and just keep going longer because he just listed, I'm not going to list all the health benefits. It's probably, you know, easy to find on the internet, mm-hmm. but it's basically just waking you up. It's better for your skin, like just multiple things like that. But then at the same time, the biggest thing that I took away from what he was saying was, is it's you're starting your day off with a challenge basically and you're, right. and you're overcoming the challenge or you're like, or you maybe don't hit that same number that you wanted like 30 seconds or a minute or mm-hmm. whatever, but you at least did something different that woke you up to get you ready for your day that other people don't do. Right. Right. And you know, another thing is, okay, you start today with something tough like that. As we talk cold, you know, you'll hear people say cold exposure, hot exposure. Um, you start your, your day with a cold shower, right? And you think it's hard and you think it's tough. And then you approach something later in that day that's not very easy and you do it and you're like, well, Okay, that wasn't as hard as that cold shower that, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, that's okay, right? Or, you know, you do something, then it's hard. And it's like, well, I did just sit in a cryotherapy bin for three minutes and I survived that. So I'm going to be okay, right? Right. And it it goes back to, again, with the fasting thing. It's like, all right, I did a 72-hour fast. Yes, it was hard. This is not me bragging about it. This is me just saying like, okay, I I abstained from food for a while and I was okay. Now the next time I get hungry or I think I'm hungry – I'll think, man, I didn't eat for 72 hours. I'll be okay. Then you're also in control of it. I didn't die. And I'm in control of it. hundred percent. And so that's it. Again, it's kind of like a shift of perspective. Like we talked, you know, just yeah. a few minutes ago. It's and like, I've talked about have it a on different the, perspective on the show before is like the, <clears throat> the, what you were kind of getting to was the momentum. And like, if you keep doing stuff like the podcast has a momentum of its own, 
It's kind of like there's been times that it's slowed the, over the past year, but at the same time, when it's slowed, I'm also thinking of like how I can get it back up to the to the where it felt awesome to be a yeah. part of oh, again. Yeah. And um, but no, what I wanted to also um, ask you about was you've just been doing a bunch of a bunch of stuff. So the what really interested me was something that I, I follow you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I follow you on social media. I always try to like keep in touch with the guests that have been on. You're doing, you did something completely different that I didn't think you had ever done before, yeah, but you yeah. might've done it. You might've, and we may have talked about it, but the, it's a, a film 22. Yeah. Tell, tell me how you got involved with that. Yeah. So I'm super excited uh, about this project. Um, so I recently, uh, again, talking about stepping out of your comfort zone and challenging yourself. So uh, a couple years ago, I, I met um, a super creative cat, really awesome guy by the name of Tyrell Crawford on one of these uh, one of these movie sets that uh, that we were doing a couple years ago. Because I know you did other stuff. Yeah, I mean, so we, we looked your uh, yeah. IMDb up last time. Yeah, so I've, <laughs> I've been a part of, I've been lucky enough to be part of a group um, who works with uh, Game Changing Films is, is the production. Um, and they basically hire people to do stunts for sports movies right um i stumbled upon the dark knight rises yes. in 2011 one which of my, is awesome new listeners awesome. go back to that episode yeah we talked about. yeah one of my best friends kept sending me this casting call just for this movie that needed football players i didn't want to do it i didn't want to do it finally he he'd mentioned it enough that i did it i filled it out ended up landing the role they picked they picked 20 of us out of twenty thousand, right Holy just shit. by again just I like know we completely about. random yeah but it was it was crazy so we ended up doing that where the scene where bane blows up the yeah. field i was on that so after that i got approached by the you could call him a choreographer he probably doesn't like that word but right. the, the guy who basically does all of the choreography for the sports and says you know i really like your look i like what you did what's your background when we're in touch, like we'll be in touch moving forward to, to get you in some more of these films. So I got to do uh, five or six movies and TV shows. Um, and I meet some really impressive people. And I'm not talking like Will Smith, Tom Hardy, right? right? I'm talking about like the people who are who are on there um, trying to work their way up in, yeah. in the movie industry. Boots on the ground. Yeah, like just people <laughs> really, really working, right? right. So I, I, every time I'm around these guys, I'm super exp- inspired because they're doing stuff that I've never done. Like I've worked really hard for a long time at football, right? They've done this for the same amount of time in acting or in modeling or in writing, all this kind of stuff. So I meet this guy. Anyway, back to my, my buddy Tyrell. And he's a writer. He actually wrote for Bad Boy Records for a couple years, which That's is cool. Awesome. So he was had a ton of success doing that. Um, got out of it, got into acting, didn't love acting as much as he loved writing. So he started writing these these poems, which took him into short films and feature films. So he wrote, the, he was talking to me on the set of one of these movies. A couple months later, hits me up and is like, hey man, I wrote this script. I want you to read it. And he sent it to me and it was called 22. So I read it and it's, uh, we'll talk about it a little more, but it's it's about basically a, a police officer who enrolls in the army and comes back and has some mental issues from mm-hmm. dealing with you know everything overseas. And um, I read it and I was emotionally connected to it. I was, I was, uh, you know, laughing half of it. I was in tears half of it. I mean, it was, it was a very moving, powerful script. And I sent it back. I was like, man, this is awesome. Like I would maybe change this, this and this, but everything else is super clear to me. And he said, oh, I'm glad you like it because I wrote you as the lead. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And I said, well, the last acting I did was I was Jafar in fifth grade, <laughs> right? I was the bad guy in the Aladdin play. And uh, that hasn't That's prepared a good role. me. Good yeah, role right really, there. I, and I knocked it out of the park. I mean, you know I mean? but, yeah. uh, but I said, you know, you sure this is something I can do? And he said, man, after having conversations with you, I know this is for you. Like I wrote, I wrote this role thinking of you. Yeah. So 
It's a pretty good start too if if you know that he's already written it with you in mind because then you know that you don't have to necessarily like completely change and like right. change everything about yourself and like go method with it or anything. You're like absolutely that. right. I didn't have to, you know, Heath Ledger right. in the Joker. I didn't right. have to do that. It, it was a it was a it was a powerful character. He's a he's a local hero. He cares about his country. He cares about his girlfriend. He cares about his best friend. You know, these are the things that he's passionate about. I am very passionate about my family, passionate about this country, passionate about my friend, my friend group and my relationship. So right. all that kind of, all that kind of fits. Um, so he, again, so he reached out to me and gave me this role. And then a couple weeks later, he sent me flight information and he's like, all right, man, we're getting you out here in December. Um, so then I knew it was on. So I really <laughs> had to prepare. And I spent, right. I spent um, some long nights with some of my roommates who have been awesome back in Cleveland. And they kind of, we went back and forth. And one of them, it was funny. One of, one of the characters in the movie, um, it played by this guy Mike Allen, who's a super talented kid out of Atlanta, and you guys will all see it when the film comes out. But um, this guy is my best friend, so we have in in the movie, so we have a lot of conversations. So it was easy to kind of banter back and forth with one of my best friends who I live right. with. So that was an, that was an easy dynamic. Yeah. Well, I also have scenes of it's myself talking to my love interest, which is not as easy to do right. with a 220 pound power lifter with a beard. Right? It's, it's hard for us to kind of have that dynamic that connection, but it was just so fun to be able you know, sit over a glass of whiskey and try to just oh, throw yeah. back different ideas of how for this sure. would work, how this might work. Um, and so I was in touch with a lot of people who are a lot more talented than I am. Well, that's awesome this that, you, that you took the time to do that too, because I was in a very crappy, like, um, independent film and I didn't I mean I didn't even plan for it to be a thing I was 18 I mean we would shoot on like Saturdays or Sundays or something like that sure. and it was every week and it took us like 12 weeks or whatever and it was just like one or two days a weekend and I would just get hammered the day before and then I would come in and I would like do whatever I was supposed to do and then like if I wasn't supposed to do anything I would just go like sleep on their spare like spare bed sure. and then they'd wake me up to go like do whatever and I probably was a huge pain in the ass to them <laughs> yeah. but like I, I had not prepared, but like to hear you talking about that going back and forth, it's something that, you know, there are people in Indy and in uh, Cincinnati. We met some guys in Cincinnati that make films that I really want to like get into with because yeah. I want to try that. Like that's another thing that we did uh, over this year since we talked to you, we tried stand up. Like I wouldn't say that awesome. I was, I wouldn't say that I was good at it. I got some, I got a few laughs and uh, had a great time doing it. Mm -hmm. But like, if you want to talk about, I was more nervous for that than probably anything in my entire life. And and it's in front of like 15, 20 people in, yeah. in Anderson, Indiana. Yeah. But like, and I had written a bunch of stuff and on the drive there, I was like, nope, not doing so that. I and I, that. And yeah. I, I went with a story that I've told a thousand times from Ball State where I had like ran home after like sharding myself at the bar. Like sure. that was what I went with because yeah, yeah, I yeah. knew it and I knew the beats to it and everything like that. But it was still nerve wracking as shit, even though I knew everything I was going to say and all that stuff. So and it was it's just so crazy. uncomfortable. And, and Shane and killed it. You did it. You guys did it and you survived it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's and, and now you can think like, oh, yeah, I did that. You know, like, and that's a that's a bucket list item. It's and, on my bucket list. I know a lot of people would want to do that. seeing him, he like he I think is somebody that could really he could do more with it. Like mm -hmm. as opposed to like myself, I feel like I, I feel like I'm good at like coming up with the premise, but like. I don't think I'm the best at figuring out how to deliver that premise. Yeah. So I feel like I would be good at writing, but not necessarily getting up there. But I did it. I did the thing that I wanted to do. It yeah. was on my bucket list. I checked it off. I don't have to do it again if yeah. I don't want. But I always can go back because I have these friendships I've made 
of the people that run the open mic and my uh, friends that do the smug cast, like they're big, like BJ is a big, he's, I think really trying to do something with comedy and, Mm -hmm. you know, met them. And now it's like, it's still an option, but it's also, I've already done it. And, and we told and each other so we were cool. going to do it. Yeah, that is so cool. And that's, and that's, you know, that's saying you're going to do something that's committing to it and that's doing it. And great. You know, it, even if it's a story that you've told a thousand times, you have, we know thousands of people who've told stories a ton of times and could say, yeah, I could do that. No problem. And get up there and not, and, and, not, and not get up there. <laughs> yeah. Right. That, that's the biggest thing. That's, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Just right. like being uncomfortable. Like, don't talk about it. Don't tell everybody you're going to do it. It is good. Things like that are good to say, Hey man, I'm putting this out on Twitter. I'm doing this to hold myself accountable. Right. I'm going to do this in the next three months. Right. Things like that are good. Um, but yeah, again, that's something that not a lot of people have done. Right. Um, and not a lot of people are going to do and nobody's comfortable with. And you talked to, I imagine even the guys at the top of their game were still like, Oh, the first, Dude, second, and, and the thing time, is, we're not and, good. And none of those guys that are there are, and I'm not like, I'm not like uh dogging on them or ragging them or anything. They're none of them are pros. So mm-hmm. like, I mean, they're, 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 they're a lot better than I am because they've done it a lot more and uh, they're just, they're comedians like uh, Kyle Buck, who's a great dude. He's uh, taken some shots at me on the smug cast a couple of times, but he's a really funny guy and uh, he's been on this podcast uh, two or three times. um, And he's, he's not even a pro yet, but you can see his comfortability with it. Like when he gets up there, he's very comfortable. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. And the thing is, the thing that I think I would like about it is if I would pursue it a little bit more is the control of like the crowd and like controlling, like when they laugh and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Cause I like to be in control of stuff. Like I like to, I don't know. I like to be the leader of what's going on. Sure. Um, but that's, I mean, when you, when you did the filming, what was the, what was the most like challenging part of it? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, we actually we just we just wrapped a couple weeks ago, so we finished, and it'll be it'll be out by February uh, to start take them into film festivals. Are, are you guys um, going to do a premiere anywhere? Yeah, so we're definitely going to do one in Atlanta, okay. and I'm going to try to do one in Cleveland. We've yeah. been talking about how we would do that. I've got a lot of support from you know uh, coworkers at the at the gym. Cleveland's at, pretty close. And, I could make a trip to Cleveland it, it, if it, it would happens. Be, it, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it and it's going to be cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to be, it's going to be something fun. Right. Um, and so we'll see that. That'll, that'll keep you updated know. on that. Stay yeah. That touch. would, that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, so I, I play the role and I've explained it just a little bit. This guy, this, he's a, he's a basically a local superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, he and his partner have cleaned up the community. It came from it used to be, you know, a, kind of drug ridden and ran by the wrong people. These guys took over six years ago and and worked through the community and really cleaned it up. Now there's you know there's city parks that are built and there are kids playing and their parents walking their dogs and it's all it's all good. Yeah. So my characters. The goal was he he wanted to clean up the city and then he wanted to fight for his country. He wanted to become a ranger in the special forces. Yeah. And so it's something he's always wanted to do. And so you kind of follow him through this path of, um, you know, being a local hero, a, su- a superhero in the community. You know, he's the type of guy doesn't pick up his gun. He's going to chase right. people and tackle them. And and he's just one of those like very genuine, hardworking guys. Um, ends up going to the army, has a lot of, I mean, if you can call it success over there, right? right. He's, he's, he's thrown into a leadership role, does really well, leads a lot of people, sees a lot of stuff. Um, and then comes back and, and starts doing the, he gets right back to work and he starts doing things, um, out of the ordinary, kind of out of character. And his best friend sees that and starts saying, you know, having those conversations like, Hey man, you're not over there anymore. Relax a little bit. And then you see him kind of spiral out of control. Um, 
So when reading, I'm excited to see that it's it's gonna Already. be it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be really really cool. Um, we just want to bring light to the fact that this can happen to anybody, you know, and that that mental health isn't a joke, and it's something that people need to understand. That people dealing with it, that there are people out there who are also dealing with it. You're not alone. You know, that's kind of that's yeah. kind of the idea. Um, so he comes back and and is and gets into a bitty pretty bad place emotionally, and so. I am optimistic, positive, outgoing, friendly. I had to spend some time in this place mentally where yeah. I was not that. Right. And um, that was the that was the part that I had mentioned earlier when reading through the script. I was so emotionally attached to it because I felt this character right. and I felt where he was and then where he'd become, and you know how we just felt like he let everybody down. Um, and so he the the there's this monologue. There's this about three minute monologue that I remember when reading it the first time I went over it, I thought, I can't, I can't deliver this. The yeah. second time I can't do it. The third time I can't do it. I just kept working on it, kept working on it, kept working on it. So when we went to shoot that part, they said, uh, you know, we start rolling the camera, you know, speed, you, you all got, I said, man, can I get like five minutes? Right. I ran downstairs and we were shooting upstairs and I had to get myself in a place emotionally that I've been once, yeah. twice, you know what right. I mean? In a really, in a really somber sad, scared place that I don't like to be in, that right. nobody likes to be in, but I had to get myself there and I did it and we shot it and it was, I mean, it was exhausting in a different way. Yeah. You know, like I felt we, we shot for, we shot that scene for maybe 30 minutes. Um, and when I finished that, I was exhausted, like on the floor, sweating, tears. I mean, I was like, th I, I felt dehydrated. I mean, it was, it was so bizarre to me because I'd never, I'd never been, again, if I'd been in that place, it was once mentally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was the hardest part. Um, but what I learned from that is I can do that. And yeah. that was cool. So I, I learned that about myself and it was a big time challenge. And that was the part that I was kind of dreading the whole time. We did all the fun, you know, run around in, in the bushes and, yeah. and jump off of things and, you know, punch people and fight and do it. We did all the right. cool stuff. And then when we got to that point, it was like, all right, man, like real, really show why. <laughs> and I wanted to show him that he cast the right guy for this right, role. Absolutely. Um, and I did. And so, and, and that's, that's a question I've asked before too. Like, cause <clears throat> I've had, we've had other actors and comedians and stuff on the show before. What is the feeling? Like, do you get a feeling like when you nail it, that you nailed it? Or do you just like, does it feel like you just did it, you know, five minutes ago? Yeah. So I think it was more the response from the people closely involved, right. the writer, the director, the photographer. We had a, we had a guy on set who's a, a close friend of mine has been acting professionally for over 11 years. Um, and the response these guys gave me, I felt like I did well. Yeah. These guys said some things to me that I didn't expect them to say, you know, right. just along the lines of like, man, I, I had an idea of what it would look like that went above and beyond. Awesome. I had, you know, I had people who That's what do I was it. also going to ask. Like, yeah. Is the, the, cause you always probably could get worried that it, it felt like that in the room, but did that get right. on, did that get on the camera? So what we wanted to do was have somebody not closely attached to the project, somebody who wasn't emotionally invent, uh, invested, yeah. who was watching it from an outsider's perspective, who could see the performance and who could see what we were putting on camera and then could be able to tell us like, Hey man, I don't get this. Yeah. Or this doesn't make much sense. Or from what I've seen this or explain to me why you're doing this. And so we had that impartial guy. observer. Yeah. And exactly right. He, he didn't have a, a horse in the race or right. what, you know, whatever the metaphor is. So we had finished and I was over there like, slugging this water trying to like get back to like a 
position I'm comfortable in. And he came over and he was like, man, that was, he, he said that was incredible. And one thing he said that was really powerful to me is he said, I spent a whole take with my eyes closed trying to feel what you were saying. Right. Yeah, so basically like cool. I wasn't watching the camera. I wasn't watching your move. I, I was trying to feel it. And he was like, I really felt it. Good. Um, and that was really important to me to, to be able to portray that because I can't imagine what people in that situation are going through. So I just want to do them justice, you know, and, and, and just try to have people understand what these, what these people feel like when they're in this emotional, yeah. unstable position. Again, I have, I have, nothing I can even take That's what that I've, off. Of. I've said that before, like yeah. in, on the podcast is like, I feel for everybody that goes through mental like health issues or like depression and things like that. And this is not me like boasting that I've never had it. Right. I just never dealt with it. Right. So like, that's where I feel for you. And like, I, if you ever need somebody to talk to, I'm always there to talk Absolutely. to you. But like, I just, I don't have any frame of reference to what you're feeling. It's, it's the same as like, I'll never know, like, whenever my wife is pregnant and has our kids, like, I'm never going to know that feeling. Right. Like, I'm never going to know the pain or whatever closeness that they have. But I feel like I will have no frame of reference, but I'll still be able to be there and be like, you know, uh, sympathize for the or yep. em em empathize with them. Like, I understand it's terrible. Like, but yeah. I also don't know. Yeah. So. But yeah. But but once you but you understand that. Yeah. And that's the important part. Right. Yeah. And then that's exactly what I'm trying to get. I don't have a point of tell, reference. A lot of people want to tell people with depression, anxiety, things like that. Like just get over it. Like yeah. the people saying get over it probably have never been there. And if they have, it's probably not even a fraction of what that person's dealing with. Right. So they should just shut up. Like yeah. I just leave them alone. <laughs> I won't know. We won't know, right. but we want to be there to help. Yeah. And then vice versa. When I turn things like that and conversations like that in the weight room with athletes, I do know, yeah. right? So they'll yeah. do something and, and they'll, they'll say things like, ah, man, you just don't get it. And, and I, and I'll say, I do get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do yeah. understand it. Like I played football in the big 10. Like I had to get up uncomfortably early. Oh, I had yeah. to go to bed uncomfortably late. I, I had to figure out how to be the best, biggest, fastest, strongest football player I could. But I also had to go to class 15 hours right. a week. You know, I also had to have good enough grades and I also had to have a social life. And I, so with that is like, I do feel like I have a perspective on that, yes, you know? Absolutely. And so that's why as, as, as tough as it is in that position. And again, that's why I, I took on the challenge and the role of this character is because I knew I wouldn't be comfortable with it. And I understand I don't have a point of reference and I was just trying to do the best I could to portray that in the gym. I, I understand where these athletes are coming from. And I think that has helped me have success in, in this career and in this field is because I understand where these kids are coming from. And I, I went to school where coaches would just say, I'd say, Hey man, this is how I'm feeling. This is tough. And it was like, just do it. I don't care. Right. You know, it was, and now I can, I, I understand like, okay, I get what you're going through. Let's do this. Sometimes there's times you gotta be like, Hey man, back off. I get it. You got a lot going on. And there are times where it's like, all right, you just got to push it. You got to work through it. You'll be better when you come out of it. I promise just get through this part. Right. Um, so I think that that helps me, um, because I have, I have a, you know, a lot of, a lot of perspective on, on that when it comes to the, the weight, the weight training and, and the workouts and, and things like that. Well, and I mean, <clears throat> if you do have the experience, you, I feel like you do have the right to be able to be like, all right, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Just do, just do what I ask you yeah. to do. And sometimes that's what people need to hear. Yeah. Right. And I, and I've had coaches the same way it, within the last three years when I've been training, I've been like, man, this is really hard. I had a coach. And I tell the story all the time. I had this really hard training program that was beating me up and beating me up and beating me up and beat. And 
and I wanted to quit. And I had a coach come up to me and basically I was specifically, I was swinging a hundred pound kettlebell 40 times in a row and I couldn't drop it. And I was miserable. I did it four times in a row and this guy. And so I kept dropping, I kept dropping, I kept dropping it. Kind of a funny story. Shout out to Tyler Miller at Force Barbell um, in Fishers. If, if you're in that area, you got to check it out. Incredible place. So Tyler sits down in front of me with a burrito. I don't even know if he remembers this story. <laughs> we, there was this awesome burrito spot across the street. He went and got lunch. He came over, right? And I'm, you know, I'm training fasted, so I'm a little hungry. Right? So I'm swinging this kettlebell and he sits right in front of me. He sits on a box. He sits right in front of me. I drop this thing over and over and over again. And he sits down and he grabs his burrito and he says, if you drop this kettlebell, you're never allowed back in here. And I'm like, okay, well, I know, I know he'll let me back in. Right. <laughs> but I start swinging this kettlebell and yeah. he's maybe a foot from where the kettlebell is. So at any point I can release this bad boy and then go right through his face. Yeah. And he would not like that very much. And I definitely wouldn't be allowed back in. Right. <laughs> but just the fact that he was sitting there making me do something I didn't think I could physically do. Like right. I didn't think I could hold on to this thing for a ton for 120 something reps in a row. Right. right? And I'm swinging it, I'm swinging it, I'm watching him eat this burrito, right? And I'm getting mad and I'm getting mad and I'm getting even angrier and anger and I'm just swinging this thing and it's right in front of his face. I can let go at any time and I don't and I get through it and I drop it. And he was like, see? Yeah. And that was so powerful to me Yeah. because like I learned, oh, I can do it, right? I thought I couldn't. I did it. I challenged myself. He, ch I needed him to challenge me because I wasn't going to do that by right. myself. You know, I wasn't going to do that alone. Um. And so he, he was, he was willing to do that. And to him, again, it could be some little tiny, he probably doesn't even remember the situation, right. but that changed my training for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Cause now I'm like, Oh, I don't think I can do it. Okay. I don't think I can squat 900 pounds. So I'm not going to attempt to squat 900 pounds yeah. right after this podcast. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> I got to work hard and I got to do something that's uncomfortable. I'm willing to do it. And thanks to him for you know, putting some perspective on the thing and seeing and that's, that. I could. That's a, that's a very valuable thing. The last thing though, when it, cause we've gotten, we've, we've uh, hit that subject a lot, guys, if you're going to do something, do something that's, that makes you a little uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but also, you know, pushes you to be better. The last thing I wanted to ask you, which is kind of a hot button thing with just football in general sure. is CTE. So if you, yeah. if, and when you have kids or like whatever you do with kids, uh, would you let them play football? Because a lot of people are saying they wouldn't let their kids play football because of the risks of the CTE and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So I just want to get your take on sure. head injuries and things like that. Have you dealt with many like that kind of thing? So I've been lucky enough and fortunate enough to play professionally for eight years now, played four and a half years in college. I started playing in fourth grade. So, you know, fourth right. through 12th grade I played. I have been. So, I mean, you're going on, that's like, almost 20, yeah, 20 a years of decades football. yeah, of, of like playing a collision sport. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's, and it's been a living for almost a decade now. Right. Um, and again, th there are reasons why I think I've been able to do that besides just being, uh, being blessed and having great opportunities and taking advantage of them and having support from my family, right. you know, all that kind of stuff is yeah. in there. But, um, I think with that, I have become the person I am today right now at 31 years old because I've played football. I mean, it's definitely a big part of me. And I, right. I you try to think about like, man, what would I do? I've done this for 20 years. What would I do without it? And that's like a really hard, right. that's a really hard thing to think about. Um, I would be a different person if it were not for football. So to be able to look at my eight-year-old nephew 
who wants to play football and say, Hey man, I don't think you should play because of what could happen. Yeah. Um, I think would be doing him a, a disservice. Oh yeah. Huge. Disservice. Um, right. And, and I think and I'm not on the either side of the fence. Sure. I, like I said, I'm just asking cause <clears throat> I, I know for a fact that I maybe had one time that I even felt any kind of effects mm-hmm. from something like that in football through, and it was in high school. I didn't even play nearly as much as you did or have. Um, and so far that you've played. Um, but like, I just also a thousand percent think that a lot of the stuff I learned from my coaches, even though they're a bunch of young, I don't, I just now like recently realized that my coaches were younger than I am actually right this second. Like That's they a were crazy like, idea, right? They were like 28, yeah. 27. And I looked up to them as like, they were these, these wise old sages that right. knew everything. And they did. They like like helped me develop my work ethic. They helped me develop my um, being able to like be coachable. There's a lot of people in the world that are not coachable. Oh my gosh! That yeah. you can they like you can ask them to do something. You can show them how to do it. You can have them read about it, and they still can't figure it out because they've just never been coached mm-hmm. or forced to come up with a like an like a different perspective on things. But either way, like I said, they 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 were the ones coaching me, and I I learned so much from them that it's actually helped me in my career. Like I oh, I yeah. a lot of my superiors in every the place I've worked because I try not to talk about it on the podcast as exactly where I work, but I always I seem to move up pretty quickly because I do what I'm asked of. I always try to exceed expectations, mm-hmm. and I also have respect for the person that is above me. Absolutely. And like I, like I was even telling you right before we even got into all of this stuff, like I will, I will give my opinion, even if like, I usually try to be as respectful as possible. If I disagree with whatever is being told of me Mm -hmm. to do, but if they're like, nah, I kind of see it this way. I'm like, okay, well I'll go ahead and do it that way. Sure. And I will just keep working because eventually that work will show. Like if they're, if their idea isn't working, it'll show, then it'll look good for you that you at least did what they asked you to do and you have proof that it didn't work. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's, and it's, and that just that idea I don't know how I got off on that rolls up, which just rolls over in so many different aspects of life. Right. And you're a better person by doing that. But then the CTE stuff though, yep. does that, <clears throat> have you had any kind of like hits that made you have any kind of symptoms or anything like that that you I've, think of? I have two concussions that have been diagnosed by doctors. Okay. One in college and one professionally a couple of years ago. I've had hits where I've walked off the field and seen stars and been pretty uncomfortable for a short amount of time. Um, but I, I haven't done anything that has really, I feel like right now really affected me to this day. Um, I think there are risks to everything. Oh, right. Yeah. And so when people say, you know, don't play football cause you'll get CTE. Well, and then let's say that person then becomes passionate about playing the piano. Okay. Yeah. There are ways to get hurt oh, yeah. playing the piano, right? Let's say they be, they become, they passionate about being a dentist. There are ways to get hurt at being oh, a yeah. dentist, right? It's just not like, it's not just because you're fl- playing football, you're going to get hit in the head over and over and you're going to suffer brain injuries. Right. So I, I am all about team sports. I am all about the sport of football. It's given me so much. Um, and I've, I've given it everything I've had. Right. right? And so I, I understand where people are coming from, but I also understand that unless you live in a bubble by yourself, only exposed to, to certain variables, 
Um, then it's dangerous uh, because uh, if a random germ gets in there, you're and fucked. you're exactly right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, where does it stop? Yeah. Like at what point? We're not like at what point? Yeah. And so people are so soft now in general that that's what happened. Oh well, it's football that did this. Is it? Well, yeah, but this can happen at school. This can yeah. happen at a desk job. And so that's 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 very tough. That's a that's a part where you wish you could sit somebody down and say, listen, man, your kid can get hurt doing other things. Right. Cause we talk, it happens in the gym all the time when we'll get new athletes and parents will come to us and you know, all the sons, my son's sore, my son's tired or my son's oh, the sore thing. And it's I, like, man, let them even, do it. Yeah. Not even people that are in sports. Like I've, I've, I've tried to, cause like I said, I'm not nearly as in shape as you. I don't train as much as you do, but I do go like four to five times a week. At least try to yeah. go four to five times a week. My minimum is three. Like if I, if I go less than three, I'm freaking out. Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, what? you don't feel like, good. I'm like, yeah. I feel like a fat piece of shit right now. <laughs> but, um, no, like, but the thing is, is like, I'll, I'll talk to people that are getting into it because they are my friends or they are people that I talk to on a regular basis. And they're like, yeah, I really, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. And then they go. And then they're, I'm like, so you going to today? Like, are you going to meet me there or whatever? I'm like, I'm really sore. And I'm mm-hmm. like, the thing is that you got to realize, like, no matter how lightly you take it, getting back in, you're going to be sore. Gonna be like sore. it's, it's going to like, I just, <clears throat> I was doing like a strength program, five by five program for a while where I was just doing the main lifts. I was doing bench, uh, squat rows and like overhead press which is all if you want to get really strong and that's what i was do doing five by five and, program and for i a feel while. really strong yep. but i'm also fat or than i was because i was doing zero cardio and i was just i was focusing on sure. seeing how how, sure, how, sure. how strong i could get and i just this week on monday started like a bodybuilding program back up where it's like 15 12 mm-hmm. 10 a lot 10, of like eight. hypertrophy work we would yeah. call that and, yeah and i am like ridiculously sore like i like just like moving this like i can feel it in my chest but I forgot how much I missed that feeling. I was going to say, don't you like feeling? I mean, it's like the you heavy, accept the it heavy and you was feel a it and different it feels good. soreness. Yep. Like it was a different soreness. And this, I I forgot that I liked this because I had been doing that five by five for like three months or mm-hmm. something like that. So and, your body adapted to it a little bit. And, and then I strong, felt, but I you felt weren't fine. Getting, yeah. And it was like, I didn't get that same feeling that I got, I get from doing the bodybuilding type workouts that I just find on like the internet or mm-hmm. whatever. And what I'm also going to start doing, because in January, put it out there, we talked about this. This isn't because I'm trying to get people to follow me or whatever, but I'm just putting it out there as a um, as a, a thing to keep me accountable. That's what it is. I was trying to think of that word. Mm-hmm. Keep me accountable. <clears throat> I'm doing, I'm going to try to talk Johnny into it. And also um, Shane, I want to do like a, a weight loss slash just like get in shape yep. challenge for January. And I'm going to go all in. Like, uh, I already told my wife, like, I'm going to get the groceries for like the next month for like the next 30 days. I'm buying everything. You're not touching it. Like, and she's going to inadvertently join me in this challenge. Yeah, yeah, She's going to have to. She's going to have to. Yeah. Um, but then I'm, I'm going to work out. And then also there's a uh, CrossFit gym up in, uh, Westfield that my sister has been going to with a, like, uh, an in-law, um, that's a huge fan of it. And since it's so far away, I'm not going to go every day, but like, I'm going to get, they have a punch card, mm-hmm. 10 visits for 150 bucks. So it's like 15 bucks a visit. Great. Not, not too bad. And I'm going to go on Saturdays. So I'm going to be doing my normal like bodybuilding type workout all through the week. And then on Saturdays, I'm going to drive up to Westfield and, uh, do something uncomfortable for myself because I'm, it. I'm literally forcing myself for the next, once I buy this punch card for the next 10 Saturdays, whether I'm hungover, whatever I'm doing, 
I'm getting up on Saturday in the morning. I'm going to go. And I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to do it, even if I'm going to throw up afterwards. But uh, that's what I'm going to do for January and like whatever 10 weeks is from there. Yeah. And I'll tell you what's awesome is if you would go to, let's say, these, these, these guys that you see five days a week. At LA Fitness, right? Who are doing whatever, whatever it is they're doing, mm. right? Like if you're in there and you're exercising, you're training. Like I totally support that. Um, if you get them, let's say you get one person to do the CrossFit stuff, these guys will probably talk negatively about CrossFit over and over right. because I know I've I've been there too, right? Yeah. Ah, it doesn't work. It's not for this. But like if they go and do that and they're uncomfortable for one hour a week, it's right outside. It's, it's outside of what they're used to doing. It's not five by five. It's not three by eight, right? It's not bodybuilder splits. It is full body. It's some weight training, some cardio, some conditioning. They're going to be uncomfortable. If you get somebody like that to do it, who talks negatively about it, to do it once a week for five weeks, they're going to get better. Right. Right. And so that's, that's what it comes down to. And, and that's what we've talked about that too, because we have a certain, certain style of training that we do at the gym. So, I like to I've introduce been seeing every your slow-mo Mondays. Yeah, like, slow-mo Mondays been like a thing that I've been box, trying to do. Yeah. I, dude, I wish I could just get into a way to work out with like guys like you because yeah. I used to be able to like, I used to have hops. I mean, I got shot. So like there's some nerve damage in my left leg. But I used to have like I still have pretty decent hops, but like mm-hmm. your hops are fucking crazy. Yeah, like, well, thank like you, I'm thank seeing you. you do the slow mode. I'm like, man, I don't even think when I was in shape I could have done that. Yeah. Like before getting shot. Yeah, so, so that yeah, that that's been fun. That's I've been doing that for a couple reasons. Um, oh, but uh, again, to just go back to that. So I went. Out, we were in Atlanta. We weren't by a gym. So a couple times we went out, the director and I, and we just went to a park and we did bodyweight stuff. That's awesome. And I was beat up for three days from doing this bodyweight body stuff. Stuff's I tough. wasn't. I wasn't squatting. 350 pounds for reps, right? I wasn't benching 300 pounds. Right? I wasn't deadlifting 500 pounds for reps. I was just lifting my body weight. I was jumping. Yeah. I was bounding. I was landing. I was doing dips and pushups and pull-ups and I was crushed for that three will wreck days. You. And so then what that told me was like, okay, maybe Wednesdays or maybe Sundays, I just go outside. I go on a little jog, no matter what, if it's snowing, even better, make me uncomfortable, yeah. make me cold. I go out there, <laughs> run around, do some pushups, do some sit-ups every 30 seconds for let's say 15 minutes, right? I do 10 reps of each, you know, every, every minute or whatever, and then jog back in the rest of the way and then get comfortable and then take a warm shower, whatever. That's going to make me better because I'm not used to doing that type of volume with body weight exercise. So it's like, why not do that? Um, so I, I love that idea. I think yeah. January is going to be all, and then you're going I'm to gonna keep it going. I just, and I, that's what I was going to say. You're going to, you're going to build some habits and you're going to see how you feel after doing that. And you're going to feel good. You're going to have the endorphins running. You're going to be back in shape. You're going to start seeing, you know, veins maybe you haven't right. seen, or you're going to start feeling a certain way. And then you're going to start, you know, having a different relationship with food. Cause I know when I'm really in like that position, I don't want to train hard for an hour and a half and then go eat poor, right. poorly, you know? Yeah because I know that won't fuel me the same way. And so you're going to get some habits from that. That's going to lead you into the beginning of 2019. I think it's going to be awesome. And food is like, I just want people to listen. Like food is the hardest thing, at least in my opinion, it's the hardest thing because my wife and I get stuck in that rut of like the holidays, man, it's just busy. So like you, every meal you want you want it to take you like five minutes to make it. Like you yeah. just want to, oh, you just want to be maybe. done. Maybe, yeah, yeah. That's if you got a lot of time. Exactly. Five minutes, yeah. And you just want to be done. So that's the thing. Like, and then we we get carb heavy in the holidays. Mm-hmm. Like that just always happens. And I'm the kind of person. Like I try to 
like I purposely like when we go to restaurants and stuff, like I'll try to get something that I know doesn't have a lot of carbs or sugar or something mm-hmm. in it. But the thing is, is like during the holidays, there's just too much good stuff that you have to eat that has it in it. Right, like, right, just right. The way it is. And with that being said, like the you know one of these things is okay. There's times of feast and there's times of famine, yeah. right? And this is a time of feast, and yeah. like I would never tell anybody as as much as I dig fasting and you know just abstinence from things. Yeah, that. I would never tell somebody like, yeah, go to Christmas and don't eat all the cookies. <laughs> like don't eat all the pie. Like that would be crazy. Yeah. Right. Cause no matter what you say, people are still yeah. going to do it. Okay. Oh, absolutely. So, and I've even been thinking about this cause just cause we finished Christmas. Like I'm going to do after, after January 1st, some type of extended fast Yeah, and it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be tough, but I understand everything I was eating and because I was enjoying it so much, I understand that that's got to come with, I can't just let myself off the hook and say, hey man, you had uh, huge meals at Thanksgiving. Then like the next week or two or three weeks after that, you kind of let it go. And then you did the same thing for Christmas. And then after two or three, you know, I want to get back to where I'm feeling good. So there's got to be something. So I've had the time of feast. I've had the time, you know, where I've been comfortable and warm in my PJs for three days. And I've had Reese cups for breakfast (laughs) and I've had tons of creamer in my coffee. Like I understand, you know what I mean? And so it's just, all right, we had that. That's awesome. Now let's do something to kickstart our back to where we're on the right path right on yeah all right we're getting closer to our time because i've got uh, another podcast to record man this is a busy podcasting week it's a good week i've got this good pod- week for i you. got this uh bonus episode with you i've got the uh, fantasy football podcast and then i'm also going to be uh guest being a guest on the uh, boss hog of liberty podcast which awesome they're like into politics the uh, libertarian movement i don't even think it's a movement anymore i think they're just they're the libertarian party it's been around forever i don't know why i said movement but uh, i'm gonna be on their show and i've already told them like i'm gonna be coming with questions like talk to me like i'm a fourth grader because i don't pay attention to politics at all like yeah i I, I very rarely like actually study anything um so i'm excited about that and then we've got our regular show i was gonna like introduce you as the number one athlete that we've ever had on the podcast but i no. think i think there's a pretty close shane? there's there's a pretty no shane who's not here today who <laughs> we miss you shane bad we miss yes you. absolutely um come back as soon as you want whenever you want as often as you want um no a uh I'm going to be talking to Ian Pomfret and Christian King Jones, two MMA fighters that are uh, ranked in, I want to say, I don't want to mess this up. So I just know that they're highly ranked in the Midwest and Indiana. So I'm not, I'm not going to say number one, number two, Mm -hmm. because I I don't have it right in front of me, the numbers, but I'm going to have them on on Sunday, dude. And it's when I think you and Ian, because I haven't talked to Christian as much as I've talked to Ian, I think you guys have a very similar like mindset. Yeah. Um, He's on a, like a killer like warrior men mentality, like just on a path of like, I think he's going to do some huge things as well as that as Christian uh, Jones, like they're both like just winning fight after fight. And it's impressive when you talk about the work ethic, cause mm-hmm. that guy puts that in every single day. Like, I mean, I always like, he, and he's also like you. I don't think he's sharing it because he wants people to see like how awesome he is. Mm-hmm. He's sharing it because he's wanting to get everybody involved with the movement of like what he's doing in yeah, MMA. Absolutely. And uh, like every time I'm scrolling through Facebook, like it's Ian's at the BJJ, like you know, you know the 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 dojo or whatever. Oh, now he's at a like some sort of like CrossFit gym. Like he's yeah. literally that's what he's doing all day every day. Like and he's putting in that work. So it's just exciting for me to be able to have you on 
steamroll into the uh, end of the year fantasy football podcast and then also go right into talking to them about MMA and like what awesome. they've got going on, dude. This is just a good week. Yeah. This is a momentum of a momentum high that I've talked to you and we've talked about that I want us to keep doing. And so where can people find you? I know it's at the real CT yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. At the real CT. I feel like you use that the most. That yeah, yeah. Instagram is where I'm on the most. Twitter, uh Colin underscore Taylor and, and Twitter I just I kind of just like make fun of fitness people on Twitter. I think, I think everybody's gotten so soft. I think it's just fun to say some things. I'll get some, te- I'll get some texts from my, you know, from my dad. Who's like, Oh man, what, what does that mean? I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not actually making fun of, so yeah. I'm making fun of the idea, right, uh, you right, know? Right. Um, because again, like people take themselves here too seriously. We can't let that stuff happen. Um, Colin underscore Taylor at, at Twitter, which I'm on a decent amount. And then, uh, I've got an athlete page, Colin Taylor athlete page on and, Facebook. And but, the real CT on Instagram, man, your, uh, live stories, I think are the, I think are the, the cream of the crop there. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I try to give people on Instagram, just stuff that they can enjoy. You know, really it's, like, and it's not always, it's just like when, when cool, funny stuff comes up, I like to do that. Like you mentioned, slow-mo Monday has been yep. fun. We just, I loved the, uh, the, the creed uh the thing that he did in the creed where he was oh like yeah the, yeah yeah the ropes yep. and then the backflip yeah i was like come on yeah all right well, dude this guy could do a backflip that's that's a funny story i'll tell that real quick we um I, for everybody who's seen creed 2 the the guy who plays um the other character dolph lundgren's yeah um you know his son in the movie um he does this awesome. I mean, those workout montages are insane. They're, and so, they're cool. so cool. <laughs> um, again, just guys working hard, right? Yeah. So he does this where he does this battle rope and then he jumps on the ground and basically does a burpee where he gets himself off the ground in like a plyo push up and then whips the the ropes up in the air. So I did that because um, I just wanted to see if I could do it. Yeah. I thought it was cool and I did it. And I posted and I was like, hey, look, this is like kind of cool. Give <laughs> this a shot. So one of my buddies did it and had kind of come back at me like, oh man, that's not that tough. <laughs> So I was thinking, okay, what, what can I do? What can I do, right? So I'm at the school I train at. I go grab one of our baseball players who's in the gym. I'm just training between sessions. And I say, hey, man, can you get this, um, can you record this video for me real quick? I said, I'm going to try something. And if I hit it, it's going to be awesome. If I miss it, it's going to be hilarious. Like <laughs> the fail video will be awesome, right? So I do this thing. I do this Gotta battle ropes. I jump onto too. the, go- yeah, and I definitely would. Um, I've been lucky enough not to have them yet. So I do this plyo push up and I whip it. And then I do this backflip. And thank God I hit it, right? Because yeah. I finish it. I go over. I'm like, cool. How did it look? And he goes, dude, that was awesome. And he was like, I didn't know you could do that. And I said, well, neither did I. <laughs> it was like one of those things where I was like, I didn't know if I could do a backflip or not. I haven't done one since maybe high school. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't know that I could. I swear I thought you probably just did backflips, like whatever no, you wanted to. No, I, I haven't done one in over a decade. <laughs> And so I'm thinking like, oh, this is the time. That is a little bit dangerous. Yeah. And and you said, and so if you see, if you look closely um, at the very beginning of the video, I start the battle ups, I take this big, deep breath. And it's because as soon as he hit record, I got super nervous. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, I could, this is fight or flight, right? I either hit this or I land on the ground and snap my neck and all my athletes are here and it's going to be embarrassing. I'm going to lose my job. My parents aren't going to love me anymore. Like this is going to be bad. And so I hit it and I was kind of like, Ooh, oh, that felt good. Yeah. yeah. And then the conversation like, man, how? Oh, I, I didn't even know I could do that. So that was fun. So slow, I slow mo for slow mo Monday. I've been trying to like scour the internet for right. cool workout stuff that people do. Yeah. Um, and so if you're out there and you see a cool video on Instagram, tag me at the real CT and I'll give it my, my best shot. I can, or if I have the like equipment, just, uh, like maybe some ideas, like if somebody's yeah, like, Hey, it. do this. Yeah, like, yeah, try yeah. That. Again, I just want to see if I can do it, and I, and if I can't do it, I'm going to work on it until I can, and That's then we'll, awesome. and then you'll you'll see you'll see kind of what it comes what 
what how that works itself out on on my Instagram. Have you seen the uh, the like ridiculous like uh, chicks like wearing the gym shark and like she does like you know a rope climb and then like you know a backflip into like a I don't know push press I don't know what yes. she's doing but like. It seems a little much. Yeah, well, so and, and that's exactly how it, exactly how I saw it. I got tagged in it from about four or five people, yeah. and some were like, "Hey, this is your wife. Like, find her." <laughs> so if you're out there listening at Real City, yeah. And then you know, but the other the other thought was like, "Yo, give this a shot." So I have seen it a couple right. of times. I don't have access to all the stuff right. she did, so I don't. You know, I wouldn't be able to do it exactly. But half the stuff I've done on my slow mo Mondays, yeah. you know, like box jumps and um, the backflips and the rope stuff and the the plyometric push-ups and squats and all this kind of stuff. I need to um, surround myself cool. with like six more people like CT and then we'll be good. Well, that's it, man. Yeah. Just find, <laughs> finding, finding people to, you know what I mean? To push you. And Cause get that's you in. the thing. Like I, 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 this is all on me too. Like I'm the person who like, I love you friends that are my friends listening, but none of us work out like this, but I want to like, yeah. I, I go, but I can't get my wife to go. I can't get like, well, I mean, and what are you supposed to do? You know what I mean? Scheduling, like, can... scheduling doesn't work with a lot of the friends. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Like uh, a few of my friends, uh, I feel like we would go, but just scheduling, it's just not possible because yeah. they work a different shift than I do. I finally have a job though now where I can do these kind of during the week. So um, I think it's going to open up my weekends a little bit because yeah. I was kind of just doing just Sundays, but I think now I think I can do it a little bit more and I want to do more one-on-ones like this. I think this is awesome. It's yeah. a fun oh, yeah. time because I feel like we get to talk about a lot of stuff that you know, might get missed because I'm trying to joke around with other people at the right. same time. Um, but yeah, once again, I appreciate you taking the time to do this, man. Absolutely. I was like going to get into another tangent, but we just need to cut it off. Yep. <laughs> Cause yep. we, it's just like the last time. I feel like we could go another like hour and a half if we needed to. And in a year we may have a, have another conversation. Exactly. We can do it again. Absolutely. Um, but once again, at the real CT on Instagram and then on Twitter at Colin underscore Taylor, correct? That's perfect. Yep. C-O-L-I-N? Two L's. C-O-L-I-N. Two L's. Yep. Okay. Because when I looked you up on Google, I think it just did one L. Really? I'm not, not going to lie. I'm, I'm going sure to have to talk to somebody. <laughs> it like suggested the one L because I did the two. Maybe I was the yeah, maybe I was the opposite. Either I've way. seen it pop up. Like, right. do you mean colon Taylor? Exactly. Like, no, I don't. I don't mean that. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly what I mean, exactly. and it's what I typed. Yeah, exactly. But uh, once again, everybody, thank you for listening. And like I said, go follow him. It's a it's a exciting journey. Like I, like I said, I follow him you know, daily. And I, I'm awesome. impressed by the shit that he does. So follow him. And, uh, also if you get a chance, uh, share this podcast as well. So more people get the chance to hear the real CT peace out guys. Thank you. Thanks. Awesome. Good job. Jit, 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 jit,